0: Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn Matthews, the founder and chief resilience officer of Asphalus Advisors. We have an accomplished guest friend, and just an all-around amazing person that I have enjoyed watching from afar and most recently having a chance to get to know more, and that is Chauncia Willis. So I'm so excited for today's discussion. So we're going to jump right in. Chauncia is the co-founder and president of IDIEM, and we're going to be talking about equity as a primary focus for leadership. So Chauncia, Hello. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: So can you start out by telling our listeners more about you and how you got into emergency management and equity? To be completely transparent, my
1: mother is an African-American history professor. And so I've always been involved in the study of race ethnicity, and always been fascinated by the concepts of human behavior and why people do what they do and make those decisions, discrimination, bias. And when it comes to, you know, emergency management, you know, I think it's actually something um, that other people can identify with, which is needing a paid internship while you're in school. So I was in graduate school at Georgia State and I needed some cash flow and uh, emergency management seemed like a, a great place to
0: start? We have two things in common. So number one, being in college and not having money. And then number two, needing <laughs> an internship. Right. And emergency management was the way to go. My first one was not paid. The next four were paid. Right. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the agencies and some of the work you've done in emergency management for those who just may not be familiar?
1: Yeah, well, sure. I've been in emergency management about 21 years. I started when I was like two. <laughs> um, about <25, laughs> about 21 years. And um, I started with Atlanta-Fulton County as an intern, and I just loved it immediately. And I said, can I compete for a position? And they were like, well, sure, sure you can. So um, I started there as the planning chief, working and developing different plans, went to the Georgia Emergency Management Agency while I was there, I had a conversation with the director because I said, you know, people of color in this organization are not permitted to deploy. And I don't understand why, because I think I have more qualification than anybody here and I'm never selected to deploy. And if you're, you know, if you've ever been in emergency management long enough, you know that deployments bring you extra money. And so to only have um, white people, deploy was a problem for me and I saw that as discrimination and he listened to me and he gave me a platform and he said you know what the next deployment is in about 12 hours you're on and so I was like I'm so ready so I became one of the first vocal outspoken people to actually address those issues of equity within emergency management I did it years ago I didn't know what I was doing I was just sensing there was bias But I went on from there to go into Homeland Security Consulting. And then I worked in various positions in public health. And I ended with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, SAIC, before I went to the city of Tampa, where I was there for about 14 years. Let's go right into the next question. What is equity? Well, equity is different from equality. A lot of people um, assume that equality and equity are the same. They're not. So equity is about meeting the needs of those who have experienced inequity. And so it's addressing those needs and making sure that we are aware and accounting for the increased attention for everyone else.
0: Absolutely. And so what equity experience have you ran into in the industry? And I'll tell you that as a black female, every single last supervisor or manager I've ever reported to has been a white male typically over the age of 50. And unfortunately, especially in my corporate days, often many of them lacked the capability to lead, to manage, and to coach me as an individual contributor within their department. It's typically somebody in corporate that says, great, let's recruit black people from HBCUs. That's a great idea. And then they never do the work. And the problem is in the middle layer of the company where you got the same people with the same old, outdated, white supremacist ideas that are still in middle management positions and make decisions about various people. I have a whole bunch of stories, but I wanna hear from you, what experiences about equity have you ran into in the industry, whether that's pre-George Floyd or post?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, there have been a number of experiences and that's, and that's unfortunate that I can say that with confidence where, I've had a number of experiences, both personally on deployments and even managing programs for the community and working with fellow emergency managers. Um, As you know, our field is about um, 82% white male in positions of leadership. So that is a construct that we would call systemic. That is structural racism, and that is something that has been promoted and has been a constant within the field of emergency management. In addition to that, when you are working with communities that are very, very diverse, it is problematic to have a monolithic group managing the response because it creates negative outcomes for those who have experienced and who are going through that disaster. That's the worst day of their lives. And now you have someone who can't really identify with you, doesn't really understand or want to understand your culture coming in to so-called assist you. So that's just one basic, very clear and glaring problem that we have within our enterprise, right? Yeah. I've heard don't give those people any more money. They'll just buy a 40 ounce with it. And, you know, just basic racist statements. I've heard very um, sexist statements and a general lack of understanding for what inequity is mm-hmm. and why why equity is
0: needed yep. growing up in atlanta i love being in a community where it is diverse and where it's acceptable and normal for black people to be professionals you mm-hmm. know and for it not to be something that's like oh they do have degrees Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so, you know, growing up in that type of community and then really learning emergency management with people who look like you can also provide a different perspective. So data drives decisions. My friend, Ricky Davis always says that. What data can you share to help our listeners to truly understand the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion in emergency management?
1: Well, one of the biggest points that I can make is the fact that we have 51 states and territories, right? Only three of those directors in those states are actually people of color. So when there's a- Say that one more time. (laughs) Yes, it's it's eye-opening to understand- Three out of 50? Only three. And that is astonishing and that further layers that point of the lack of diversity within our field and the people who are in positions of leadership. And that is significant because they are implementing policy. They are deciding on response and recovery and funding for your disaster. So when we look at Hurricane Katrina and we see here we are, that was in 2005, we're here 15 years later, and there are communities that have not recovered yet. However, there are other communities that recovered within
0: six to nine months. Yeah, with a Starbucks and a park and a Mm -hmm. bike trail as evidence.
1: (laughs) So sometimes with recovery comes gentrification. And that is unfortunate because you lose the culture and the heritage of the people all of those things factor in. There's a study that came out um, from Dr. Junior Howell where she talked about the um, inequities that are actually seen post-disaster where Blacks and our Latinx community will come out you know, $25,000 in the hole and decreased wealth and where white people who experience the same disaster will come out $125,000 more wealthy. That is significant. And that tells you that there is a problem. So that's why we created IDEA. We got to do something different. That's our focus.
0: And I don't know if you said this already, or I've just heard you say it before, but I believe isn't the number about 80% of emergency managers are white males?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. 82%. And that number is actually from 2016. It could actually be more now that demonstrates a lack of representation and diversity within the field of emergency management. And now that we know climate change is going to produce bigger disasters, more frequent disasters, more costly disasters, and this is not the only pandemic we may experience, these are actually going to become more frequent. And we know that the groups that are most impacted by climate change and by disaster are groups that are the most vulnerable. So it's not just about poor um, Black people or poor Hispanic Latinos. Um, It's not just that. It's about everyone, our disabled population, our rural populations, our groups that have been marginalized. This is going to really impact them. So we're fighting for more representation for all of these groups. We need emergency management and those who are managing disasters in the government, in nonprofits, in the business community. Everyone who has a role in the disaster economy needs to be focused on equity, equity in all things.
0: Absolutely. How can people make equity a primary focus for leadership? And when I ask that question, how do I make it tangible?
1: Equity is something that most people have not, um, in emergency management, have not focused on. We're very nascent to the concept of equity. And we've been trained for the most part to focus on equality, which is doing the most for the most. And equality focuses on sameness. It doesn't address differences, it doesn't address lack. And so when we talk about operationalizing equity, that is using the lens of equity when we develop our plans when we set our organization's mission statement, all of our policies, we're looking at that through a lens of equity. When we bring up the emergency operations center and we begin to respond to a a disaster or multiple disasters. We are doing that understanding that equity has to be a priority and it must be prioritized in response in every aspect of emergency management, planning, response, recovery, mitigation, and ultimately that focus on equity will lead to increased community resilience. And that community resilience must be inclusive. You need to have a part in your own resilience posture And right now, vulnerable
0: groups, they don't. So that takes us to our next question and where I met you. So I was on the campus of Savannah State University, but that is where I learned of IDIEM and the work that you're doing. So what I heard Chauncia say is, we have to operationalize equity and make it happen. And what Vanessa's saying is that I need to know who gets fired when that doesn't happen, because that means that you're not truly being committed to it and we need accountability. Yeah. And my reaction to that is, IDIM is an answer for that. So can you help our listeners to understand what is IDIM? How do they get involved? How are you structured? Just some background on the organization.
1: Sure. Well, our organization, the Institute for Diversity and Inclusion in Emergency Management, really came out of a need for additional focus on this specific area. The increase in representation within the field, so that we could have better outcomes for our vulnerable groups during disasters and after disasters. So it came about out of a true need. Um, They always say the universe will meet you where you are, and whatever your beliefs are, I mean, that kind of happened where we had been saying that we're going to have another disaster and it's going to impact vulnerable groups. We need to do something now. And that happened with COVID-19. The immediate impact was to the most vulnerable groups. The disabled populations, those who are low-income, people of color. And then we have the George Floyd racial reckoning that continues um, based on the murder of George Floyd. And these things happen within you know, this year of 2020. And it's what I would call a paradigm shift. That is when the foundation of our thinking and how we process and think about a situation is fundamentally changed. And that has occurred. We have experienced a paradigm shift. So you're right, there is no longer an excuse to operate with bias or to not intentionally prioritize equity within emergency management and disasters. It's not acceptable and that cycle must be interrupted and that is what IDM does. We are here to interrupt that cycle, that imbalance that creates and harms marginalized groups. Thank you
0: for that. I have chills. right now. And I'm so excited about this work because it just could not be more timely. Where can our listeners find you? You can contact us at www.i-diem.org. I'm always
1: available by email as well. And that's listed on the website too.
0: And I would say For those of you who are listening, you will also be in a treat Chauncia and one of the board members from IDIM will be partnering with DRJ and they will be doing a panel on diversity, equity, and inclusion for this virtual conference coming up. So that's another shameless plug. Um, So definitely if you have not registered for the DRJ conference, be there or literally be square (laughs) because you will be left out. (laughs) We're looking forward to it. Thank you for having us. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with Disaster Recovery Journal and as advisors.